Good morning, Linwood. It's great to see everyone here. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors, and I want to welcome you uh, to Linwood this morning. So glad you've chosen to be here with us as we magnify and worship the name of Jesus Christ. If you're visiting with us, perhaps for the first time, we're very glad that you're here, and uh, we want you to know that you're welcome, and um, it's a great place for you to be here, and we're glad that you're here. We do have a guest services desk out in the foyer. If you have any questions, we'll be happy to connect with you there, get to know you a little bit, and uh, can help you find your way around, that sort of thing. We also want you to know, this is for everyone, not just first-time guests, but all of us in the room, just a reminder that we all have a step to take in our faith. None of us have arrived. And so there's always something further for us to go into, someplace further, as we walk this journey of faith. And so we have created some, some systems, some steps, and some physical spaces, as well as on our Linwood app, for you to have conversation about what is your next step. So in the foyer out here is our next steps area. It's staffed with volunteers who are very happy to sit down with you and just hear where you're at, talk to you about maybe what your next step looks like. For some of you, it's joining a life group. For others, it may be uh, baptism or maybe church membership. Uh, and for others still, it might be missions. And you know, today, if that's where you are, uh, it's a special day for you because this is what we call Mission Sunday. Today is the day of the year, the Sunday, where we really focus a lot of attention on what God has been doing in our midst, sending us out as people. The reality is that every Christian, every believer in Jesus Christ has a call upon our lives to go, to carry with us the gospel of Jesus Christ across the street and around the world. So we're delighted today to share, share with you different speakers, different partners that we have uh, from around the world, and you can be thinking about and praying about where God would have you to serve. I want to ask you from the outset just to put your yes on the table. Yes, Lord, I'll go. And from there, it's a matter of when and where. And to help you with that, we have these speakers. The fellowship hall is full of, of most of our missions partners. You can walk through, have conversations with them, learn how you can pray for them, support them, and uh, prayerfully go on a mission trip. So we're so glad that you're here. We do want you to know also that we're a church that believes in prayer. So if you have a prayer request, there's a number on the screen behind me. There are people in a prayer room even now. So if you text a prayer request right now, you'll have pretty much immediate uh, prayer support. So we encourage you to do that, not just this morning, but throughout the week as well. Why don't we all stand for a moment and welcome those around us. Good morning and welcome to Mission Sunday. There are two elements to today's service. You're gonna hear from some great speakers today and hopefully that'll motivate you to begin praying about how you can join a mission trip. But don't forget to also visit the mission fair in the fellowship hall after service. This is your opportunity to speak face to face with representatives from some of our great mission partners who'll be able to offer you more information and answer any questions you may have. We hope you listen with an open heart today and be praying about how you can join a mission trip in 2023. Maybe one of your concerns is money. No shame there, and it's a reality for all of us. But have you heard of the James Mission Grant? The James Mission Grant was created in memory of the late Twyla James, who was passionate about missions. This grant is designed to help those needing financial assistance for short-term mission trips and can cover, get this, 75% of your trip. 
If you'd like more information about receiving a James Mission grant, just speak with Pastor Kevin Coffey or visit linwood.church missions to fill out the application. For more information about anything presented today, be sure to join us at the Missions Fair or stop by the Next Steps room out in the foyer. We'd be glad to speak with you. And remember, whether you're a guest with us this morning, longtime member, or watching online, your family, and you're always welcome at Linwood. All right, so I'm very excited to have uh, on the platform with me now Josh Lawling. Some of you guys may recognize Josh. In 2019, Josh graduated from Southeast Missouri State University. Uh, shortly after that, moved to St. Louis, took a job, I think, as a graphic designer, mm -hmm. something of that sort. Uh, and it was shortly after that that God uh, called him into church planting. And so Josh is now one of our church planting partners in Ch Champaign, Urbana, Got that right that time, I think. Yeah. Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, which is home to the University of Illinois. We've been in partnership as a church with Josh and uh, New City Church there for, I guess, a couple years now. This is the second year of that partnership. And so we support him through prayer and, and other means. And I know he's working with some of our ministries as far as finding opportunities to send teams to help you there. But I just want you guys to hear from Josh a little bit. Uh, this morning about God, what God's doing in his context. So tell us a little bit, Josh, about your work there in Champaign-Urbana and maybe focus a little bit on the lostness that you see and encounter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just a quick demographic breakdown. There's 65,000 college students alone in Champaign-Urbana. Um, that's in addition to the 195,000 uh, people that are lost in the area. Um, so there's only about maybe four to five percent of people in my town um, that are actively following Jesus mm. um, throughout their daily life. Um, and college students are just some of that population. Um, and I specifically work in our church to help bridge the gap between the campus and the church both directions. So I try to bring college students into community in the church where they can be discipled, but then I also try to get our church living missionally to engage with that campus because um, we've got a wonderful, beautiful mission field there um, in the middle of a bunch of cornfields. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I failed to mention what, what you do specifically. Uh, Josh is, serves as campus multiplier yeah. at New City Church, so your focus is on, on that campus. 65,000, 65, which I believe is larger than the city of Cape Girardeau, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 So share with us a little bit maybe about some of the things that you do in those efforts to, to reach the, the students on that campus. And if you could, you know, a couple stories about some of the folks yeah. that you've had contact with. Yeah. So, um, I mean, normally um, I'm in relationships with people. That's that's the biggest thing I do. Um, you can't uh, tell people uh, what they need if they don't know that you care. Um, so uh, I try to care and love on people. Um, so I've befriended a few college students and as I've poured into them, they're able to bring their friends into the church. Um, and then they're able to be equipped and sharpened so that when they go into a classroom or into their dorm, they're more equipped to share the gospel. They're more equipped to actually live out their faith, maybe say yes or no in a hard circumstance. Um, 
I've uh, gotten a chance to befriend a guy by the name of Bryson who grew up atheist. Um, his parents are actually professors at the university. Um, when I first moved up there about two years ago, um, we became friends before I was even on staff with the church, um, and I was just helping as a volunteer. But um, next Sunday, he will actually be getting baptized. Um, and that's not because of me. That's because of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was just one of the people that he got plugged into community with in our church. Um, and as he um, wrestled through the scriptures and prayed, he began to give his life over to Christ um, and now professes him as Lord. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's just one of the stories. I know that there, yeah. are, there are others that you've shared with me. Before. So many, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've actually got um, my, one of my coworkers at the church um, who will be leaving. Uh, she discipled a girl named Madeline. Um, and Madeline has actually helped bring uh, one of her friends to faith in Jesus, um, Addie. Um, just this past Friday, Addie professed faith. Um, so we're, we're seeing fruit come through just simple relationship, uh, grassroots type ministry. Yeah. But it's challenging, isn't it? It's Very, yeah. Yeah. Um, it can be discouraging because the, there's no program specifically. Um, the strategy changes and we're a new church plant, so we're still trying to figure out what we do. Um, and how to best reach out. Um, but honestly, you focus on the people um, and helping them grow, show them that you care, um, and we see great fruit come from that. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate all you do, Josh. We're very glad to be in this partnership with you and look yeah. forward to that growing. Uh, Josh, will, uh, when he finishes up here, he'll be in the fellowship hall. When the service ends, stop by. If you haven't already done that, you can speak with him and any of the other folks that will be speaking this morning, plus many, many other partners that we have, some local, some international. Josh uh, is in Illinois, of course. So very glad to have you here, Josh, and thanks for all you Thank do. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. So we want to turn our attention for just a moment to celebrate a little bit what God has done over the last year. We have a short video for you to watch uh, that will highlight some of our trips. I want you to listen uh, for the people who share some of their testimony about their experience on the mission field. Anytime that we go and we, we commit to do so, God uses us to bless those that we are serving, but he also does a work in us. So take a few moments and watch this video. Hello, Linwood Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Bo, and this is... Elaine. Thank you for seeing the kingdom work that God is doing here in Calgary and for investing so heavily in it, in prayer, with financial support, and by sending teams just like the one behind us because they have been an awesome team, and we are so grateful. Thank you again. God bless and keep you. Church is not about a building, but it's about where God's people are and where they're worshiping together. God equips those that he calls to do his work. There were children within the Bible class that had never heard of Jesus and didn't know what a Bible was. Everybody needs Jesus. Calgary is such a well-off place in Canada. People have nice jobs, nice houses, nice communities, but no Jesus. If uh, one of these planned communities does not have a church that meets there, then the residents of that community will not drive five, six minutes down the road to go to a church that's already been established. That community is craving Jesus. They are eager, they're excited. It was really cool to see them, how they reacted to the truths that we were telling them. They were really invested in the stories we told, and I think that we 
planted a lot of seeds this week. It was just a great opportunity to share Jesus and, and see God at work. This summer, I was able to join the team to Spokane, Washington, and we were able to partner with the Rock Church. One thing I got to hear a lot that week we were out there was um, put your yes on the table. I was given the opportunity to help lead worship up there. It was super encouraging to see a small area of people still be so on fire for Christ. But I would love to just stay on mission anywhere that really was needed and I had the opportunity to serve with. Man, there's a lot going on at the Rock Church. We teach action-based discipleship. So we're teaching people not just be hearers of the word, but also be doers of the word. We're here today at Bloomsday, like you said, because today church is gonna look like serving our community. And I know that's not a typical thing, but when you live in a city that is less than 5% Christian, you do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus. And so we wanna love on our city today. We wanna teach our people to serve our city. Yep. We're excited that uh, Linwood is, has come alongside us as a church plant. Uh, to help us, to support us, to send teams. Hey, we want to see you come out here and serve with us, and we just want to see our city reach for Jesus. My name's Cheryl Stilwell, and I volunteer at Options for Women. Sometimes we get in our own little world, and we have our circle of friends, and I think we're really blinded to what goes on outside those perimeters. We're seeing second, third, and even some fourth generations that have had no parenting. But as a society, we're expecting them to know how to parent. And it breaks my heart, but at the same time, it makes me happy to see them want to put that effort in to know what it takes to be a good parent. We're able to help them with diapers and wipes and clothing. I love mission work and I love foreign missions, but I can't be gone as much as I would like to be involved in missions. And that's why when Michelle spoke about options, I signed right up. It definitely is a mission field. I think it's a great opportunity to get to put faith into action, to being equipped within church and take it out on the mission field and share faith like, like we're called to do because we all have the purpose to make disciples. So I think we should go everywhere we can with it. Go. 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 Absolutely go. You should absolutely go. You should absolutely go. Message received. Message received. You might recognize this face from the video a little bit earlier, um, or from a milk carton, I don't know. Which, a milk carton? Never. Maybe before yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, this is Danny Morse. Danny is the discipleship pastor at the Rock Church in Spokane, Washington. Three and a half years ago, Danny was serving as campus pastor in northeast Arkansas. Uh, was doing fine there, and the Lord called him to something that was different and that caused you to pick up your family, your wife, Lindsay, your daughter, Milena, and move to the greater Northwest. Uh, we appreciate you being obedient with that and all that you're doing there. I, I met Danny a couple years ago when uh, Hayes Howe and I took a, a vision trip as we were looking for another missions partner, spent a couple days with Danny. And then last year, around May, I was on a team there for Bloomsday where your church ministered to your community through that 12K race. I've just grown to love Danny's passion for his church, for his city, and for disciple making. So Danny, we're honored to have you with us here, brother. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much, Pastor Kevin. Thank you, Pastor, for, man, leading this church to be a mission church, to, to send people to go and be on mission for God. Hey, it's exciting for me to be back in the land of milk and fried chicken. 
I said it to the last service. I had to say it to you. Man, when I, when I was flying in, I, I, uh, I was thinking about just the things that I miss about Arkansas. And that's where I'm originally from. Actually, I'm from L.A., born not lower Arkansas, but L.A., uh, Los Angeles, California. But I was raised in Arkansas. And so um, the thing I miss the most is duck hunting. Like, I love duck hunting. Any duck hunters in here? Yeah, I love to duck hunt. So as I was driving to my mom's uh, on Saturday morning, I was looking out in the fields, and um, the ducks were flying, and I'm calling my buddy, who I used to always duck hunt with, and I'm like, hey, man, there's ducks everywhere. And so, Kevin, you should have made the mission Sunday a few weeks later so I could have duck hunted while I was here. But that's okay. Lord has a plan, and... Um, and I'm excited to be here with you guys. Uh, Linwood, you guys, you guys are awesome. Uh, as he said, uh, Kevin and, and Hayes came out to Spokane. Me and Hayes served on staff together at a church in Northeast Arkansas. And I had several different positions. I worked in our missions department. I was an intern, and later I was, a, I was a, pretty much a campus pastor. And so three years ago, three and a half years ago, God called to Spokane, Washington. And if you don't know a lot about Spokane, Washington, uh, or even the Pacific Northwest, I'll give you a little statistic that the Pacific Northwest is the most lost place in the United States. Now, most people uh, who have studied the Northwest, there's been a Gonzaga, the vice president of Gonzaga studied it, and they, she came up with their none. So they affiliate non-religious. We're, we're not associated with anything. One of the reasons for that is because we have perfect weather. We have perfect weather all the time. I'm in Spokane. It does not rain all the time in Spokane, okay? So I know he's like, no, I can't come out there because it rains all the time. No, it doesn't in Spokane because we live in a valley and the rain over, it passes us. So we get about two inches a year. Y'all can laugh. That's, that's funny for around here, right? But anyway, Spokane is, uh, Spokane, the greater metropolitan area is about, but now about 700 and something thousand people. And out of those 700 and something thousand people, less than 5% go to an evangelical church, meaning that a church that preaches Jesus and he's the only way to make it to heaven, right? To your relationship and your surrender to Jesus. So less than 5%, less than 4% uh, would claim to have a relationship with Jesus. And I don't know how they come up with all these numbers. So if you come to the booth here after the service, don't ask me that because I have no clue. But I can find out where we get all those numbers. I just got to talk to the, the North American Mission Board and see what they say. So anyway, so, man, we're, we're a church who is a place where you can be real with God and others. That means we all have real problems and we struggle and have real struggles. But we serve a God that can, a real God who can see us through all our problems. Amen. And so we want to be a church that not just focuses on becoming a large church. We want to be a church that makes disciples, that makes disciples, that makes disciples and plants churches all around our area for the glory of God and for his gospel and for his kingdom. And so you got a team come out here. Kevin came out there with, uh, remind me, and I feel so bad. Where is it? He's up here somewhere too. Who? Sam. Samuel. And what? And Claire, his wife, came up there. Uh, for Bloomsday, it's a 12K race, 40,000 runners. Last year was the first year since that little nasty thing called COVID, so it was um, about, I think we had 30,000. But about 40,000 runners run this 12K every year. We run a water station, one of five, and so uh, the Rock Church has been doing that for over four years. And what we do is we try to invite the community to come serve alongside of 
us, build a relationship, have a barbecue for them maybe that next weekend, and we've seen about a 70% return to come to the barbecue. That way we can build relationships with someone, walls can be broke down, and we can share the gospel with them. And so you're going to have a team come this year. I think it's May the 4th through the 9th, if that's right. If not, come to the booth. Come to the booth anyway and see me. I'd love to talk to you about it because you never know what God's doing in your heart and your mind, even right here, right now. As y'all are focusing on mission, as your church is driving that, we did the same thing at my church, and I ended up moving across the United States. And there might be some of you here today that God's working on your heart, and you just don't realize it yet. And he might want you to move to Spokane, Washington, or Honduras, or any of the other places that you guys work with. So never say no to God. Tell him to do what he wants to in your life. And we would love to see you in Spokane uh, to come alongside us and, and do what God's called us to do in making disciples. And we're so thankful for you guys. We're thankful that you locked arms with us. Uh, thankful for sending teams to see us. That's an encouragement. And um, get to come alongside us as we uh, advance God's kingdom in uh, Spokane, Washington. So, hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Kevin, Pastor, th thank you so much. Hayes, thank you, brother. Um, Y'all got a special place in my heart because it takes people that are leading their people to go and do, not just to sit and watch. And that's what your church is doing. So I'm super excited for you guys and what you're doing here at Linwood and what you're doing all throughout the world. So come see me at the booth. I'll be over there. Uh, one more fact before I go. Um, we've had the opportunity to, to baptize in four years 75 people. Most of those people have stuck around. Some have moved on to other cities in the state, and that's okay. We're still in contact. But uh, when I get back on the, on the 13th, uh, we're going to be baptizing eight more people. And so praise the Lord for that. And, man, and so we're going to get them in discipleship groups and, and help them to walk their faith out. So uh, thank you guys for praying. Keep praying for us. And y'all come see us. Come see me at the booth. I'd love to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. In just a moment, I'll invite to the platform our fourth uh, and final partner to share with you today. But a couple things I want to mention before I invite him to come up. Two things we want you to know about. One of those is we're putting together a team to Honduras. It's a team we send every year uh, through Baptist Medical Dental Missionaries International. And uh, we are, we're one person short. We need one additional person to complete that team. So if you've been praying about God, where and when, and you're open to that conversation, go to the fellowship hall when we're finished here, have a conversation with Dr. Jim Hoffman, and uh, we'd love to get you some information about that. Second thing I'm excited to announce is we've had some conversation over the past uh, few months with our staff, with the Deacon Council, and we're going to be beginning a church planting residency. There's a, a church planter, his name is Nathan Franks, I believe God's called him to plant a church here in Cape Girardeau. We're going to be coming alongside him. That won't start uh, probably until next May. But uh, that has kind of been finalized and, and discussed, and we've agreed to do that. Nathan could not be here today. He serves on a church. He's the only staff member at a church that's in transition, so he couldn't get away. But we wanted to share that great news with you on Mission Sunday. You'll be hearing more about that in the coming months. We're very excited about that. Let me invite Brian Crispin to come to the platform. Some of you know Brian. Brian was the worship pastor here at Linwood several years ago, about seven, I believe it was, when, when, when you guys took off. And he went to work at Harvard. 
Heart of the Bride Ministries, which is based in Florida, but they're active uh, all, all around the world. Our partnership specifically with them is in Kenya. I know you'll talk about that in a minute. But Heart of the Bride is active in Zambia, in India, in Haiti, and also very active with Care Portal in Northwest Florida. So that's something that's very dear to our heart here at Linwood. So glad to have you back, Brian. Look forward to hearing from you. It's always good to be back. This is like being home. So I want to take just a quick moment and show you a video and introduce you to the Eagles Christian Academy in Kithyanyo, Kenya. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, I show you that because I want you to get a, a quick picture of what we do there and where it is. You know, you see pictures of Kenya, and there are places in Kenya that are incredibly beautiful. I mean, you know, with all the game running, and you can, you know, go on safari. Well, this is not that place, right? Kithyanyu is in is in the southeastern uh, portion of Kenya, which is very different from that. It's very dry and dusty, as you can see. And and so I want to show you some other pictures of that quickly. This this is the 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 campus of the school, and those of you that were on the team three years ago, you, none of those buildings were there. God has been incredibly good to us. But it's a very dry, dusty place, and they're at the end of uh, the third year of drought, so it's even worse than normal. And um, so everything there is incredibly difficult right now. Um, they, uh, they, they, you know, they don't have uh, indoor plumbing and running water, all those sort of things. So it's, it's just dry and dusty. Uh, most of the families in this area build small houses made out of um, mud bricks. And so you can go to the next one. Um, and uh, so we got to visit a family, and behind us is kind of the typical structure, small one-room house, uh, and that's actually part of the out, like an outdoor cooking structure that she's got there. And you can see she's holding a rabbit that she wanted to show off to us. We didn't know if she was giving it to us for a moment. It was really awkward, but she was just showing it off. Uh, we were like, what are we going to do with a rabbit? But... Um, but she was just showing it to us. But um, this is the typical structure they build. Uh, even though power runs to the community, it's not in most of the houses, right? Very few have it. Uh, so it's very dark. In fact, we were visiting with a family until the sun went down when we were there in June. And all of a sudden, we couldn't see anything. Like your hand in front of your face or the people we were talking to. We had to use our iPhones to get back and find the path. And really just followed Monica. We had no idea where we were going uh, to get back to where we came from. Um, their, their main source 
source of water there is a river, but this is what the river typically looks like. Like, you got the Missouri River in your mind. This is their river. The next picture, we'll show you that. Oh, no, go to the next one. That's the river right now. I'm standing on the river taking this picture. You might think, where is the water? Well, let me show you where the water is. Go to the next one. This is where the water is. If you dig down a couple feet, the water is still there. So their primary source of water is this river. They go down, they dig the hole out, they scoop the water. No, it's not very clean, so we don't drink it. And then they have to put these bushes, uh, thorn bushes around it to keep the wild animals from getting in there and making it even dirtier. You see the kids carrying these huge uh, five-gallon yellow buckets that are all around, or uh, jugs all around the world, and nonprofits give out to scoop the water and take it back home to water crops, water their animals. But this is their main source of water. Um, there, is a, there is a small uh, uh, solar-powered well nearby that an NGO uh, installed a few years ago, but the water there is not very good either, and it commonly breaks down. Farming is their primary uh, source of income and food, but then again, at the end of a drought, three-year drought in a dusty place like this, as you can imagine, that is very difficult to do. Uh, their primary um, so, uh, mode of transportation is walking, so if you'll skip two pictures, um, these are our kids from the school walking home, carrying all their stuff on their heads, right? This is typically what they do. We give out those buckets and those backpacks. They pile all their stuff in these buckets and carry them on their heads down a dusty road, right? So if you go with us one year and you wear white socks, just know they're going to come back red and they'll probably never be white again, right? That dust gets everywhere. You blow your nose. Anyway, I won't get any more graphic than that. The dust gets everywhere. But listen, even more than the physical hardships in Kithyanyo um, uh, and, and, and the difficulty, uh, it's spiritually dark. I don't know how to describe it to you other than you just got to go and you got to feel it. Our first day there, we typically kind of recover from jet lag and go for a walk, walk through the village and through the little market area. And what you immediately sense is that it's just spiritually dark and it's very hopeless. There's, you know, there's a little bar over there serving homemade brew alcohol that, you know, to whoever, whatever age, right, you want it, elementary kids, whatever. And it's just hopeless. People sitting around, there's little to do, little, little that can be done. And so it's, it's just a very, very dark place. But right in the middle of that was a lady named Monica Muoki. This next picture is Monica. Ten years ago in September, she stood on this stage and shared with you her vision, how God had called her to minister to the kids of Kithyanya. And so from 2012 on, you guys have sent a team almost every year till COVID hit, and so um, have been a part of what God is doing there. And so in 2016, she founded the Eagles Christian Academy. In the middle of this dark, dusty place is now a place of hope and sunshine. That's what you saw at the beginning. It's very very different than what is happening outside the walls of that school. Her vision was to bring a Christian-based education there that is high quality. It is, and I'm telling you, our teachers are amazing, and they are mission-minded. They wouldn't have moved to this place from where they're from, where it's green and lush, most of them, except that they want to reach this community for Christ. Um, if you go to the next one, yeah, it'll just kind of show you the, um, the, the uh, one of our typical classrooms God has, has given us and built. And our te that's a, one of our staff members, Carol, who's traveling there next week with Sonia. And then one of the teachers standing in the corner. Um, but it is, and I, I want to stress, we want to make sure everything we do is high quality. So the education is high quality. But then it is always focused around evangelism and discipleship, and it is gospel-centered. Uh, God has given us a pastor, Pastor Simon, who functions as our chaplain. 
chaplain. He's amazing, and he counsels the children. He leads chapel services, and he oversees classroom discipleship to make sure we are teaching them and discipling the next generation to not just transform these kids, but this area for Christ. Um, our, uh, uh, we have just completed, you can skip two pictures, I think, to the cafeteria. We have just completed or are about to complete this cafeteria because we want to make sure that these kids are fed well, good nutrition. If, you're, if you've ever studied any psychology or education, right, until you meet those physical needs and take care of the hunger, they're not going to concentrate on anything you say, whether it's educational or gospel or discipleship. So we want to make sure they're healthy. Dr. Hoffman, who's traveled with us there before, testifies, man, there is no malnutrition on the kids at the school. Now, when we see the kids of the village, it's obvious that they're from the village because they're very different. But the biggest difference between the kids of the village and the kids that are enrolled in our school is in the countenance. It's in their faces. It's in their, the way they act. It's the joy that we see on their faces. It's what you saw in that video at the beginning. So you can go to the next, the next couple. Um, but, oh, this, I'm sorry, these are the families. We, we also make sure that we are reaching out to the families. Let me tell you, we, and that's going to be the focus of our next team, in medical and reaching to the families, because we want to now take the gospel outside the school into the village and begin to see them transformed. Our, our heart is not just for the kids. It is for the village of Kithyanyo and that surrounding area. So the next one, you'll see kids, most of the kids in the village don't get to play games. They really don't even have much of a childhood because it's hard. It's a very hard life. But our kids play games. You can go to the next one. Uh, they actually have permission. They, 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 you know, the silliness comes out. The stuff we see in our own kids here begins to come out as they grow, as they become healthy. And then the next uh, three pictures will just show you, oh, playing games in a circle. And then the next three, just the smiles. This little guy named Dennis, right? I mean, it, that is only because, uh, comes because he's being loved on by people who love Jesus and show the love of Jesus to him. Yeah, and so Go to, go to the next two. I want to show you the very last one. Oh, her name is Faith. She's precious. This guy uh, is the kid that we sponsor, okay? And his name is Brian, so we chose him for an obvious reason. Um, but they call me, they actually call me Uncle Superman there. That's a long story. But I wore my Superman socks today in honor of that. Um, but Brian, now known as Uncle Superman in training, uh, is the, the kid that we sponsor. And Brian is a typical kid from Kithyanyo. At an early age, he walked outside of his house. And I don't want to be too graphic, but he found his father in a tree after he had just ended his own life. And so, you know, until 2016, there would have been no hope for Brian. He would have been emotionally traumatized, damaged in a poor area, and with no hope of, of any difference. But because of the Eagles Christian Academy is there, because of the vision of Monica Muoki and our partnership, now Brian is not only healthy, very healthy, um, he's been loved on, he's come to know Jesus, he's being discipled. Uh, we provided trauma training to his teachers and staff, so he's been, they've been working with him to help him process and overcome that so that his life can be very different from the trajectory it was on after he found his dad that day. Brian is full of joy and, you know, he's a little rambunctious, but he's, you know, he's nine years old. So, <laughs> but that's awesome. He's a normal nine-year-old and that to me is encouraging, right? And so when we go, we get to see him, visit with him. And uh, anyone who sponsors at the Eagles Christian Academy, when they go on a trip, they actually get to meet their sponsor child and even visit their family if it's possible. So, 
what can you do, all right? What can you do? Well, specific to Heart of the Bride, let me tell you this. You can definitely sponsor a child at the Eagles Christian Academy. We, we have children available always. We have many that need to be sponsored. And you can have a relationship with them, get to know them, possibly even visit them one day if you go over. Um, you can give in general. Uh, we've got to start our seventh grade building very soon because the school is growing and reaching more kids. Um, you can pray. We definitely need you to pray. Now that you know about the need, lift it to the Lord for the strength of our partners and our teachers and our staff there to continue to serve because it's very difficult, very difficult indeed. Uh, and you can go. Listen, we're, ta- we're getting ready to take a team in June from Linwood. Uh, Dr. Hoffman will lead the medical side. We're going to do outreach to the village. We will definitely work with the children as well. And so we need a huge team. So go. But here's the main thing I want to challenge you to do today, and this is, this is it. Why are we in Kithyanyo, Kenya? I'll tell you. God introduced us to Monica, and we saw God at work. We saw her heart. We saw her already working in that village. We saw God doing things, and we joined him in that work. And he's done this. He's done this through that partnership because we obeyed him. I want to challenge you today to visit that room. I want to challenge you to get to know the missions and ministries that Linwood supports locally and all around the world, okay? Not just us. Go in there and see where God is at work and where where he sparks in your heart that interest. And when you see God at work, you join him there. Listen, that's exactly what Jesus said he did in John 5. He said, hey, I do what I see the Father doing. That's what I do, all right? So follow his example. See where God is at work. And my challenge you today is this. Look for him to be at work because he's at work in this world, and when you see it, you join him there, and God will do through you what you could never imagine as you join him in what he is doing. Thanks, Brian. It's great to see you again, and Sonia, and we will uh, visit with you later, but right now as we wrap this up, I'm not going to preach a message, but I really want to help us in these next steps. We're asking everyone to pray, to give, and to go. Why do we bring people here, and why do we have a mission Sunday, and why do we have a missions fair? I think if you'll be honest, you'll know how to pray more intelligently after hearing these speak today. You hear about especially Dima and the church pastors that are there and their wives uh, being arrested because they love Christ and in prison. He, he didn't say this, but, but uh, as he shared with me last night, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's a very painful experience for them. They're being tortured there, and some don't make it out. And so it's a very real and serious issue, and so we want to be praying for them and pray intelligently. But you want to be praying about what God would have you do. And two ways that you can take a next step is to give. Uh, when you give... Uh, in the general offering that's received, you put it in the box, or maybe you give online, or you mail your check in, that is divvied up in a lot of ways, and part of that goes to missions. So when you give in that way, a percentage of what you give goes to help fund the work that you're hearing about, but above that, people give toward missions itself. That's called designated giving, and so that's what my wife and I do. We give our tithe to the church, the budget. And then we give above that, a percentage above that, to go toward missions. And because we believe that that's really the front line of ministry. And we want to be involved in that here and around the world. And so we want to encourage you to give in that way. But we also want to encourage you to go. And uh, there's so many in our church who have gone. It's life-changing when you go. 
it, there's so many benefits, and I don't have time to get into all that. But often we, we don't go. Uh, we don't share our faith. And why is that? Well, I want to read a verse, one verse, uh, and make a brief comment. It's Romans 15, 13. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now he says that if you're believing, another translation is trusting in him. If you're believing him and you're trusting him in salvation and then uh, believing him in the assurance of your salvation, you're going to experience hope. You're going to experience joy and you're going to experience peace. But I find a lot of Christians, they don't experience that. They don't experience hope. They don't experience joy. They don't experience peace in their heart. And he tells us why. It's because they're not believing. They're not trusting. Isn't it true in your life that there's a day that you believe God and then the next day you don't believe him? You doubt him? You trust him one day. You're not trusting him the next. Worry and anxiety begins to fill your heart. And so you don't have hope and joy and peace in your life. And he says, now the way that happens, is two ways that happens. One is it happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's something that you can't make up, you can't drum up uh, to, to feel good and to experience the peace of God in your heart. He says the second way that that happens is that you have to do something. You have to open your heart. You have to open the window. And the way you do that is by believing him and by trusting him. In other words, that I'm going to trust him with my fears, with the lack of money. Did you hear about the James Grant? Did you hear what we said? If you've never been on a mission trip, we will pay 75% of that trip because of, of, of the grant that has been given to us. And so there's no excuse you know, to go if that's the reason. Some can't go for physical reasons, I know that. But you can help somebody else go and provide a way for them to go. And so I want to encourage you today to really consider how God would use you. Listen, I will never forget being in the Andes Mountains outside of Lima, Peru. And when Jesus said, go to the uttermost parts of the earth, this is the uttermost. There's a picture of this village and that's, it's handwritten, uttermost. I'll never forget driving to that school with two other men. We stepped in and asked permission to share the gospel and the teacher said, we've been wondering why you've been driving by this school for years and no one stopped to tell us about Jesus. They never heard. I'll never forget being in a home in Brazil. And there in a crowded room, friends had invited, Americans are coming to talk to us. So we come in there and they asked me to share my testimony and before I knew it, these people, adults, are weeping, being convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit of their sin and their need for Jesus Christ. I'll never forget a young teenage boy. You don't have to go far away place to do this. Within about two miles of where I'm standing right now, a teenage boy, Dustin Nelson, was contemplating taking his own life it was in his bed, and he begged God to send somebody to his house that night. And three people from our church randomly knocked on that house. They didn't know his name. They didn't have his address. 
they were walking up and down the street knocking on doors. And they knocked on that door and he said, I cannot believe you were here. That night he gave his heart to Christ. And he's now a pastor in Houston, Texas. God is at work. And God is waiting for his people. I want you to experience what I've experienced. I want you to experience God at work in your life and through your life. I want you to experience peace and joy and hope in the midst of all the chaos. I have a young man standing right here, Dima. In the midst of the hell they're going through, he has peace, he has hope, and he's at joy. It's discouraging at times. He admitted that. But he's learned how to channel those feelings and put his trust in Christ, believing in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. There might be somebody here this morning who would say, Pastor, I've never given my heart to Christ. I really don't have the, the confidence. I don't have assurance of a relationship with God or the assurance of eternal life if something were to happen to me. And I want to give my heart to Christ this morning. This past week, I did the funeral for Nellie McGill. And the morning of her funeral, her son called and said that dad has died. Glenn McGill died. And within a few hours, we did a double funeral. But I was so happy to be able to stand there and to say that these two are in heaven who faithfully serve God almost their entire lives in ways that we would never know. And God is wanting you to do the same, to give your heart to Christ and to experience peace and hope and joy. There might be many in this room who say, Pastor, I know the Lord, but to be honest, I don't know if I've ever really been in a situation where I've seen God at work and I've experienced that through my life. Well, we've got a way to solve that problem. Just go to that room right across the hall. That's your next step. And talk to somebody there Find more information and begin to pray about how you can be involved. Pray, give, and go. There might be some here this morning that God is leading you to become part of our church family where we are centered and focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ and in Him personally and making sure that we do our part. Just one church out of thousands, hundreds of thousands of churches, just one church who's doing our part and taking the gospel to faraway places and across the street. We'd love for you to be a part of our church family. Others may want to come and pray quietly here at the altar. Maybe you have a deep burden on your heart, and you, or maybe you want someone to pray for you. You come and let us know, and we'll do that. Father, thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you that Jesus is the answer for the world today. He is the answer. And there's a lost world dying and spending eternity in hell because they don't know Christ. Father, help us to be obedient to your command and to know that we're not just doing that out of duty, but we truly experience you in a real and tangible way and the fulfillment of a life that's a result of serving you. Help these who need to come now. In Jesus' name, amen.